1: IXL Learning is a fun online learning program for kids covering math, language, arts, science, and social studies. It's powered by advanced algorithms. IXL gives the right help to each kid, no matter the age or the personality. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the US. That's right, it is school approved. So make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And how to be fine listeners? can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com slash fine. Visit IXL.com slash fine to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Again, that's IXL.com slash fine hey buy the book listeners Kristen here did you know that you can receive a weekly buy the book affirmation mini-sode, plus the rules of every book that we've lived by? it's easy. all you have to do is become a member of our patreon community. to learn more, go to patreon.com/ listen to buy the book. again, that's patreon.com/ listen to buy the book or just look at the episode description from today's show. The following podcast contains barnyard language and some adult content. So maybe listen on headphones if you're at work or around small children. Now, here's
2: the show. Hey, Jolenta. Yes, Kristen.
1: Do you remember what it was like making that very first episode of By the Book?
2: Oh, my gosh. Yes, it was so long ago, but I remember putting so much work into that episode with you.
1: Oh, yes. Oh, my gosh. We did it take after take, rewrite after rewrite. We had so many friends and colleagues helping us with that first show. Oh, my God. I'll never forget it.
2: Yes. So many retakes and so, so many hours and hours of audio diaries to sift through. (laughs) Yes.
1: But do you remember recording our 34th episode of By the Book?
2: Um, I mean, definitely not as well, if I'm being honest. No, no, not at all. No.
1: (laughs) And you know what? Neither do I. But did you know there's actually a legitimate reason why we don't remember that 34th episode, but we do remember the first so vividly?
2: Ooh, I am sure there is. And no doubt there's a book all about it, too. Oh, you
1: know there is. And you know we are going to live by it. Because I'm Kristen Meinzer. And
2: I'm Jalanta Greenberg. And this is By the Book.
1: In each episode of By the Book, we choose a different self-help book to live by, follow it to the letter, and weigh in on whether or not it actually changed our lives.
2: And today, we are living by The Art of Making Memories, How to Create and Remember Happy Moments by Mike Viking.
1: Mike Viking, yes, you may know his name because we did lived by one of his books before. Mike Viking is a happiness researcher and author based in Denmark. He holds a degree in business and political science and worked for the Danish Ministry of Foreign Affairs before founding the world's first happiness research institute in 2013. As a happiness researcher, Viking consults cities, governments, and companies around the world on happiness and how to convert wealth into well-being. To share the discoveries his happiness research has made with the world, Viking wrote the internationally best-selling Little Book of HUGA in 2016, yes, that's right, we lived by it in season two, followed up by the Little Book of LUCA in 2017. More recently, Viking has been researching how happiness and memory are linked, and to share his discoveries, he wrote his most recent book, The Art of Making Memories, in 2019.
2: In The Art of Making Memories, How to Create and Remember Happy Moments, Viking posits that our lives are not the days that have passed, but the days we will remember forever and the narrative we create around those memories. But how can we make more of our days memorable? How do we retrieve and restore memories that might feel lost? And how do we best preserve and retrieve happy moments from places or events where there are no souvenirs? Drawing on research from the Happiness Research Institute and universities, as well as literature, world events, and other sources, Viking lays out his plan.
1: Here's how you do it. Step one, harness the power of firsts. We tend to recall memories from the ages of 15 to 30 most vividly because that time period is full of firsts. But that doesn't mean all our firsts have to be over at the age of 30. We can have firsts at any age, so seek out novel experiences. Once a year, go somewhere you've never been before. Eat foods that are new to you, change up your daily routine, and make your days extraordinary.
2: Step two, make it multisensory. 62% of the memories we collect are multisensory, including sound, sense, touch, and tastes. So go beyond sight. The next time you're really happy, take notice of the input from all of your senses. Add a soundtrack of music that's not part of your regular rotation, or make a new dish and name it. Or tap into old memories, go on a literal stroll down memory lane, yours or that of someone you love, and use all your senses.
1: Step three, invest attention. People who multitask perform significantly worse on memory tests, so treat your happy memories like you would your date. Pay attention to them. Turn off your phone, computer, and TV. Work on being present, engaged, and committed. And collect as many details as you can from happy moments, like what those around you are wearing and eating.
2: Step four, create meaningful moments. We remember when what we see and process is meaningful to us. So put more meaning in your life. Genuinely connect with people, your own body, and the world, as genuine connections make for some of the best memories. And make and celebrate more milestones as defining moments stay with us while also allowing us to become the people we know we can be.
1: Step five, use the emotional highlighter pen. An emotional reaction will make moments more memorable, so enlist the emotional highlighter pen. Do this by connecting with loved ones during historical events. Do things that scare you as getting the blood flowing wakes up the part of our brain that stores memories. When choosing what to do, take into account what you are most likely to remember in 10 years' time and share embarrassing memories to make them lose their power.
2: Step 6. Capture peaks and struggles. Milestones are memorable, but the struggle to reach one is unforgettable. So try saving the best for last in Christmas gift-giving, for example. Consider making the journey part of the experience by taking the long route, riding a train instead of a plane, or going uphill. And when possible, end things on a high note.
1: Step seven, use stories to stay ahead of the forgetting curve. 36% of memories are remembered because the memories have been turned into anecdotes and stories. And bonus, our well-being is influenced by our ability to form a favorable narrative of our lives. So, retell happy stories— Collect objects that are a manifestation of your stories. Help loved ones rebuild the memories that they've lost by sharing what you remember. And if a certain place was the scene of a happy memory, start referring to that place by the happy memory.
2: Step eight, outsource memory. Mementos help us remember events, so find ways to record your happy moments. Consider setting up a private social media account, documenting your everyday life and objects as a memory bank. Create old-school photo albums you can hold and touch. Draw or write a song about a great experience. Record sounds from happy moments. Wear special scents on special days. Keep a diary rating your happiness each day from 1 to 10. And include a few sentences about the day. Be Marie Kondo's arch enemy.
1: That's what the book says. And so that's what we did for two weeks straight. All righty, Jolanta. Let's start off with you. Tell us about your first week of living by the art of making memories.
2: Let's see if I can remember. Hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding. I remember everything. I started my week gently with a little step two. Step
1: two is to make it multisensory.
2: So, Kristen, it was a beautiful summer evening. The first day we started living by this book, And Brad had been having a rough day. So I thought maybe I could help him use his senses to lighten the mood and maybe give him some positive memories of that day.
1: Oh, that's really sweet, Jolenta. I love that you are turning this step on to Brad to help him through what he's going through.
2: Right. So I took him on a walk to enjoy that beautiful summer night. And um, please note, I have been showing him sex in the city Recently, so that is referenced on this walk. <laughs> yeah, smell that summer air. Feel the summer breeze. Yeah. hear the sound of the city all around you. Yeah. What
3: was that? I like
2: the sounds of this yellow. Yeah, they're nice sounds. The fifth lady, <laughs> Just enjoying, it, taking a stroll, enjoying the fifth lady, just strolling inside her.
1: Jolenta, <laughs> that is really sweet. And just a note to folks out there who maybe aren't familiar with Sex in the City, there are four lady characters on the show, and the fifth lady is, in fact, the city, which you're referencing right there.
2: Is New York. New York herself is the fifth lady. So that's that's why we were saying we were strolling inside of her. <laughs> yeah <laughs> So I think, hopefully, I created a fun, light memory of a nice walk during an otherwise, like, shitty day for Brad.
1: Yeah. It sounds like you did. And you really were taking in everything around you. Yes. So what did you do after that?
2: After that, I did step eight
1: that is outsource memory. Mm-hmm,
2: yeah. So something pretty cool happened during our first week living by this book, and I wanted to record the happy moment of me sharing the information with Brad, so I just recorded it. Kristen, I hit my recorder to preserve this moment, and it was a lot to keep track of, so I'm kind of glad I was rolling. Take a listen. Hi. Um, my grandma told are, like, relatives that she's secretly related to that they're related. Like, her real dad. <laughs> her her brother, her half-brother, has passed away, but his wife and kids, so her, like, half-sister-in-law and nephew, like, came for a wow. visit. And they, like, finally talked about it.
3: That's wild.
2: Yeah. Or who's who's related again? It's... It's my grandma's uh so her real her like biological dad was always sort of a secret. Right. And she has like brothers. And she knows that? She knows it and she knows where dad is. Right. And they always like live near each other. But her like, brothers
0: in not know? No. It? Yeah. His
2: kids, his family never knew.
0: Wait. The dad never knew. No. He her knew. Brothers.
2: Like it was like weird, but like like his kids. Babysat my mom and her brothers, because they lived, like, not far.
1: Ooh, some secret family secrets being revealed.
2: Wow, Jolenta, that's big. Big family stuff happening. My grandma told her biological dad's family that they were related. And it's this other, like, Italian family that always was, like, in the neighborhood. And, like, someone from that family was always babysitting someone from our family or vice versa. And it was really exciting because we've been sort of wondering if she was ever going to reveal this, basically, like, in her lifetime. But Kristen, I did not have that many details. I just knew like the event happened. So the next day, my mom came over to give me like all the juicy deets. Ooh. And I thought I would do step one as she came over, too. Step one is harness the power of first. How did you do that, Jolanta? So the book says to seek out novel experiences. And I thought, what is more novel than a surprise? (laughs) And also, walks were successful for me. So I was like... I know, I'll surprise my mom with a walk. Because, you know, the walk worked with Brad It lightened the Mood, made things a little more fun to remember. Oh, yeah. So I decided I would take the dog, and I would walk the route she was taking to my house and try to meet her part of the way and surprise her. So I headed out, and... Eventually, I saw, like, her little head bobbing down the sidewalk, so I, like, ducked around the corner, and then I popped out and gently surprised her because I didn't want to, like, totally freak her out. <laughs> surprise. Yeah. Did we surprise you? Yes. Yeah. Nice. He had to go for a walk, so I figured let's go and see if we so can you find Judy. So you want to Judy. go further? Or? Oh, no, we can go back. All right. Frank. Where are you going? Pete. He- Come on. He wants to... Oh,
3: start a really good area that he'll never
2: find again yeah it's really important oh oh no wait now it's over how was your walk hi yeah it, it wasn't bad yeah I didn't
3: breeze every once
1: in a while. oh i love it i love a surprise I love being surprised. I love surprising others. It sounds like your mom really liked it too,
2: right? Yeah, I was like, let's make like this family reveal discussion day like more memorable with like a nice surprise walk. And I have to say, she was not as surprised as I wanted her to be. She was just like, kind of like, oh hey. And I was thought she'd be like, oh my gosh, <laughs> my daughter. But you know, you can't control other people in the memories.
1: No, you can't. Um, so, what did you do after that?
2: So after that, I sat down with my mom and we used stories to stay ahead of the forgetting curve. That is step seven. Hmm, And the book says to retell happy stories. And that's exactly what we did. My mom told me about how things went when my mom told them they were related. And my mom also reminisced about enjoying the time she spent like with her secret half aunt who used to babysit her before they knew they were related. It was really cool.
3: And she took me to modeling school with her. And oh, my God. I have All stuff. Right, I yeah. show, I have that stuff that she gave me when I'd go to her house. She books, some old books, like um, those old detective weird books. Um, like the, the girl the ones. The Nancy Drew Yes. Yeah. So those are from her? I mean, some of them even had her no name. No way. On. Yeah,
2: I was just thinking about those for some reason. Yeah. Well, it's, it's kind of exciting. Yeah, we were always kind
3: of... Close. It was mm-hmm. so weird. Yeah,
2: I'm proud of mom. It was very mom. bizarre.
3: Yeah. I think, I, I, you know, to be the dirty secret, it, w- which had nothing to do with her. Right,
2: that just had to do with, like, people's stupid choices and, like, stupid ego or, like, stupid hang-ups. Like, yeah.
1: Wow. This, I am on the edge of my seat, Jolenta. <laughs> this is all, like, so generous for you to let us witness you unpacking this family history your grandmother you know being able to come forward and say what she needs to say to the people who are ready to hear it and this is fantastic i love this Jolenta
2: yeah it was really exciting and it was so interesting because like her coming forward and and sort of identifying her birth dad publicly Brought out all these other stories and things I wouldn't expect. Like, I would never expect that would lead to like stories about like why we have those old Nancy Drew books or like my mom going to modeling school. Like, it was so interesting. And I couldn't wait to see what was in store for my second week, but that's happening later. Wow.
1: I love it, Jolenta. Thank you, Jolenta's grandmother, also for letting us be a part of all this. Thank you.
2: Yes, she is a true. Wonderful goddess. But let's move on to another goddess I know, Kristen. How was your first week of living by the art of making memories, Kristen? Well,
1: Jolenta, fun fact, this book just happened to coincide with my first trip back to Minneapolis since before the pandemic for nearly three years. oh my, gosh. I haven't seen any of my Minnesota friends, any of my Minnesota family And I really wanted not just to catch up with everyone, I wanted to make some new memories. I mean, it's been three years of not making new memories, really, with all of them. Right. So this book came at kind of the perfect time.
2: Wow. Oh, my gosh. I am so excited to hear everything. How did you start?
1: (laughs) Well, after our plane landed and we checked into our hotel, Dean and I started off by taking a long walk around the city, uh, and we couldn't help but notice how different it was from our last visit. Some parts of Minneapolis that used to be bustling were not anymore. They were still recovering from the murder of George Floyd. Obviously, the pandemic isn't over. And, you know, some areas that were kind of up and coming last time we were in town were now extremely fancy. It was all a little confusing to me, but even more confusing, I'm kind of embarrassed to say this, mm-hmm. was the fact that. I could no longer remember how the street grid worked. No. I kept getting us lost. But then Dean and I leaned on step seven to help.
2: Okay, and that is use stories to stay ahead of the forgetting curve. Yep. Listen.
1: Just like 2nd Street South versus 2nd Avenue South versus like, what is an avenue? What is a street? Right, and they cross. It's just like Queens. (laughs) That's why I can't find my way around Queens. But, but... I think I have a way of remembering, like, the venue I used to go to all the time as a teenager to see live music was called First Avenue. I, see. And, I re- and I remember vividly what street that was on. Okay. And wasn't the, it wasn't on a corner? It was. So it's and, on two
3: streets. Yes. So was it an avenue or a street?
1: The side entrance where there was a small venue was called the Seventh Street Entry. So that was street versus avenue. So I know what is an avenue or a street based on. That crazy
3: teenage memories of <laughs> Prince shows.
1: Okay, gotcha. that's a very reliable way to remember. I was
3: just thinking, Hennepin Avenue is a big deal. It's an avenue, first, second, third, whether they're north or south, those avenues are parallel to Hennepin. That seems easy to remember, doesn't it? That
1: might even be more straightforward.
2: Oh my gosh, this is the best! Like we're not doing street numbers. We're not doing north south. We're doing like the place I went and saw Prince. 20, 30 years ago, probably, like, and the entrance was called 7th Street. So it must have been on 7th Street. But I I love it. I love stories as landmarks. And it literally helped, right?
1: It did. It did. I am so grateful for those drunk teenage years.
2: (laughs) I I wonder if my mom and you were ever at the same concert because I'm pretty sure she went there too. Oh, I'm sure she did. It's a legendary place. And Right. Yeah. It's where everyone like saw Prince like before he was too big, right?
1: (laughs) And it does make an appearance in his movie Purple Rain. Oh, nice. So what did you do next? The next day, Dean and I met up for dinner with my friends HK and Sam. I've been friends with them since I was 12 years old. Mm -hmm. We were all super excited to see each other. Just, you know, old friends, of course. Right, of course. But we were especially excited because we had landed a reservation at the hottest restaurant in town. It's called Awomni by The Sous Chef. The whole menu is Native American. They just won a James Beard Award. and we wanted to eat everything on the menu but especially this one particular thing listen cheers everybody cheers everybody so great Alright, who wants to dig into some crickets? I'm excited. I'm going to try it. Do we use our fingers or a fork?
3: I, I don't know what to do. I figure I would do this just because, you know, <laughs> is, I, didn't, I got one cricket here. I'm going to get some more What crickets. is the cricket
1: etiquette? Right. I'm going to start with the seeds. Okay. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to put that out there. I'm going to get anything I can, and I'm just, hold on, did I get some crickets? I'm just going to shove this in my mouth. Watch this.
0: Oh my
1: god. Mm. It's really good. Oh, it's kind of sweet. Yeah. Hmm. It tastes like candy. Well, the seeds it are does. also delicious. No, but the crickets do. Yeah, do Not you. It's kind of like one of those. Um, it doesn't taste like what you think crickets
3: would
1: taste like. Yeah,
3: no, not at all. It's like a hominy, like a corn nut kind of thing. Yeah, it's like yeah. a corn nut. i of yeah. the texture.
1: Mm. Mm. That's right, Jolenta. We all ate crickets for yes. the first time, yes. and they were delicious. And Note, in this process of eating these crickets, I like to think we did both step five and step one.
2: Oh, totally. Um, Step five is use the emotional highlighter pen, and step one is harness the power of first. Like, the first time you eat a cricket... and are hanging out with old friends for the first time in many years. Like so much highlighted, so many firsts, so memorable. And yeah, crickets are kind of nutty. I'll also never forget where I was when I ate a cricket. (gasps) Where were you? I was at Camp Hancock in fifth grade. We tried crickets and ants and like we sort of fried the crickets and the ants we ate like just live and they taste lemony, they taste citrusy, but there is a teeny bit of protein in it.
1: Yeah, they are totally the protein of the future, way more eco-friendly than cows.
2: Yeah, so cool. Um all right, so after that super memorable night, what did you do?
1: Well, after our dinner at Awamni, the night was not over. Ooh. HK, Sam, Dean and I went on a walk along the Mississippi River. And they pointed out that the city's most famous theater had recently relocated to the area. And uh, my response was, yes, uh, I I remember when they relocated. We should all remember because don't you remember? We all together went to a play at the new location starring our childhood idol. And the play was all about the show that this childhood idol starred on. And HK and Sam had no memory of what I was talking about, so I tried some Step 7 to help jog their
2: memories. And reminder, Step 7, which is the same step you used for the street grid, is use stories to stay ahead of the forgetting curve. Yes, listen.
1: I'm going to find the picture that just (laughs) came up on my feed the other day and show it to you guys of us seeing this Little House on the Prairie production at the (laughs) Guthrie. But...
0: No, I am not making that. So you, guys, so you
1: guys really don't remember. No, like 100%.
2: No, I don't. No
1: recollection no. of this. No, so Melissa Gilbert, who starred as Laura,
2: as that point, like, was, like... Yeah, I, My know, biggest idol in my entire know, life, yes. Know, yes? Like,
1: all the stories that were the most pivotal from So, I feel the like books. I'm making a memory
3: of this <laughs> right now. No, <laughs> that's how, that's right. how, right. That's how yeah. I feel, too. Yeah. But is it real? Yeah, I don't think it's real. This, like,
1: no, no. L- let me see if this jogs your memory. At a certain point during the show, it starts snowing, and there's, like, that blizzard, and... You, that sounds. Like you guys... <laughs> 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 you don't remember that part.
3: I mean, I've seen plays where it snowed before, for <laughs> sure.
2: <laughs> that is so funny. It drives me nuts when that happens. When when you have such a like beautiful memory of something, and people are like, "Nope." not a blip, like nothing. You tried, but you did not help them stay ahead. No. Yeah.
1: I did not stay ahead of their forgetting curve clearly.
2: (laughs) The curve got them.
1: (laughs) It did. But I was insistent. You guys have got to remember this. I'm going to force you to remember whether you like it or not. Yes. So I got my friends Sarah and Megan on the phone. They were at the play with us. And they indeed confirmed, yes, we had all seen Little House on the Prairie, the musical, at the Guthrie Theater starring Melissa Gilbert, and they sent over not one, but many photos of us at the theater (laughs) cheering before the show, cheering after the show, standing in front of the marquee. They had all of the proof. And um, there you go. Sam and HK, I know at the end you thought that they were fake photos, but they were not fake photos. (laughs)
2: Deep fakes. All of this happened. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Thank you, Sarah and Megan, for being third-party witnesses, apparently. Wow. But (laughs) it does sound like that step was a total bust with them. It was.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But the next day, things went a little bit better. While Dean slept in, I set out to make some new meaningful memories with my
2: friend Dave. Nice. And creating meaningful moments is step four.
1: Yes, indeed. So Dave and I, who, um, by the way, we met when we sat next to each other in Mrs. Lang's math class when we were 10 years old. Oh my gosh. And over the years, we've been everything from like roommates to travel buddies to everything else. I love Dave so much. Anywho, Dave and I got together for a walk around Lake of the Isles. And uh, while we were together, we looked back on, you know, certain memories and so on. But we also tried our best to actually live in the moment and appreciate where we are now. We didn't just want all of our time to be like, oh, remember that one time?
2: Yeah, like reminiscing the whole time.
1: Exactly. So we took in the sights and the sounds around us. And then at one point, Dave asked me point blank, how do you feel about seeing the city as it is now in 2022 versus what it used to be? And here's what I said. There's a big part of me, I have to say, this trip, that we're staying in what used to be called the Warehouse District. It's now called the North Loop. And it's like so, I don't know, it, it's almost like being in Tribeca in New York, which is just like, oh, I feel like I'm around a bunch of like very rich people staying in million-dollar apartments and stuff. You yes, know? it's so different. This is like not the Warehouse District of the past where it was all... Sex World in the and the VU. And gritty. It, it was
3: kind of gritty. It was. And, yeah. and kind
1: of fun and filthy. And, like, lots of yes. music venues. And we were all gross. And we all, like, chain-smoked and drank a lot. Yeah, and it was great. It was great. It but fabulous. I know it's, like, so posh. But I was thinking, oh, my gosh. I love that this changed. Because even though I have good memories of, you know, living in Minneapolis and growing up here, I also, like, some of those times were really hard. And some of those times were, like best left in the past and I don't need to go back to a place and every time I go there feel like oh no I'm now I'm transported back to 1999 and how I felt then
2: oh wow that is so interesting and like what a great spin you have Kristen because so many people go back to where they grew up like myself included and they're sad that like the things they loved were gone and, like, the area that used to be just, like, near Powell's is now called the Pearl District, Portland, and it's full yeah. <laughs> of bougie condos and, like, cities that used to have grunge, like, were the shit. But also, like, there's a time and a place for grunge, and, like, that's why it was then and not now. And to remember, like, it's okay that the place you loved and grew up in is different because, like, you're different also, and, you know, you both deserve to change.
1: Yes, Joel, lent it. yes, you summed that up perfectly, exactly how I felt. I mean, yes, change happens, but at the end of the day, I'm really grateful for where I am now, and I'm really grateful for all these people in Minneapolis that I'm making new memories with, uh, people I've known for a long time, people who our life didn't stop then. Our life continues, and we continue to grow. So it was a really great end of my first week.
2: That's so Nice. Um, Let's take a break, shall we? But before we get to that, have you read The Art of Making Memories? Have you tried living by it? Did it work for you? What's your favorite way to make a happy memory or to force someone to remember a thing they think didn't happen? (laughs) Um, Hit us up at facebook.com slash groups slash BTB pod. That's our Facebook community. It's private there are the nicest people there. We're always talking about the show and other self help things. Or you can always hit us up via email at kristinangelenta at gmail.com.
1: Are back in Jolenta. It is time for all of us to hear about your second week of living by the art of making memories, aka Jolenta Greenberg's Family Secrets
2: hey oh, it's only secret time. (laughs) More like grandma's secret time. But, you know, I kept it too. (laughs) I started my second week with a realization. uh, I've been talking all about my grandma and her revealing her background, but I have not talked to my grandma herself. Ah. So I used step number four to rectify this oversight. Yes, and step four is create meaningful moments. Exactly. And the book says meaningful moments are created when you connect with others. So I tried connecting with my grandma over the phone. So I heard uh, you you talked to some family recently? Yeah. How how was that? It was good. They were very happy. They thought it was wonderful. It is wonderful. Obviously, that is only the beginning of the call. But I wanted to keep this conversation kind of private, to be honest, because... It was really special and sweet. Like, I learned so much about my grandma. Not only did she tell me about the day and how, like, the reveal went and how happy they were, I got to ask her so many questions about her past that I've never had a chance to ask. And I just learned so much and connected with her so much. It was one of the best conversations I've had with her. And all of our conversations are, like, pretty good. So, you know, that's saying something.
1: That was definitely a meaningful moment.
2: It was a very memorable oh, conversation.
1: So glad. And what did you do after that?
2: Kristen, the rest of my week was much less heavy. Uh, there have been so many deep, meaningful conversations about family. It was time to just go in the total opposite direction. And Kristen, I hate to do this to you, but I lightened things up with real housewives. I got to do it. I know.
1: Sometimes you just got to real housewives, and by sometimes I mean almost every day. But
2: Mm -hmm. how did you do it (laughs) in this case? I did some step five.
1: And that is using the emotional highlighter pen.
2: Mm -hmm. And the book mentioned uh, connecting with loved ones during a historical event to make it more memorable. So I decided to invite my mom over to connect during the historic event that is the beginning of the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills trip to Aspen that was rumored to be incredibly dramatic. (laughs)
1: You know what? I am sure that probably is historic in Mm -hmm. fans' minds, even if it's something I have never heard of before. It's
2: true. No, Bravo has been stringing us along for months about this big blowout trip to Aspen. There are confrontations. There are family fallouts. There are leaks to the tabloids that have been happening for months. (laughs) Kathy Hilton (laughs) was like Instagram commenting to her husband trying to get him to like get her out of Aspen on a plane. It has been a wild lead up. Listen to how excited we are. Alright, pizza's ordered. Sweet. Pizza Beverly Hills. Pizza Beverly Hills. Woo woo. (laughs) But Kristen, (laughs) before we even got to watching, my mom pulled a genius move and suggested that we do step six when we turned on the TV. And step six is to capture the peaks and struggles. Right. And here is my mom's suggestion. Yeah, you want to start? Southern
3: charm, because then save Beverly Hills for... For last. Yeah.
2: For dinner. Yeah. Work our way up. Right. Got it. Yeah. Save the best
1: for last. Obviously. <gasps> Save the best for last is literally. Hold on. Did your mom read this book? No. It no. is literally
2: in the book. Out of the blue. She started saying that. And I was like, wait, hold on. Let me get my recorder. Like, s- s- stop what you're saying because I could hear it coming. Yeah. So oh. she totally suggested we do exactly what the book says, and we watched Southern Charm to sort of get ourselves amped up and make that, that visit to Aspen with the Beverly Hills ladies all that much sweeter. Good job, Suzanne. It was truly a wonderful historic moment to share with my mother.
1: <laughs> and how did you finish up your second week?
2: Well, to finish up my second week, I tried investing attention to make a memory with my lovely partner, Brad.
1: And investing attention is step 3 Mm-hmm.
2: I thought I'd give the sort of digital detox like the book recommends, uh, try in order for Brad and I to fully pay attention and be in the moment when we were spending an evening together. So at the beginning of the day, I told him all about how we're gonna turn off like phones and computers and like be one on one and enjoy like the in the momentness. And he was totally on board. And then that evening, when we were both done with work and like kicking back on the couch and it was time to unplug and put away all our devices. We had a bit of a hiccup. So what do you think?
0: Um, I like that idea. hmm In general, tonight, could we yeah. sit around and watch Sex in the City?
2: Though? Yeah, even am wanting to check in with your girls. You gotta check
0: in with the ladies, and I think
2: I can't handle being present. <laughs> you know... New York really is the fifth lady. That's what I've been saying.
1: <laughs> oh, Dolenta. I, I love how everything came full circle in the end. Right. Even though Brad did refuse to go screen free, even mm-hmm. though he chose not to multitask, he chose to be with you and the TV at the same time. But right. But I think that's okay.
2: Yeah. I learned... You really can't force someone else to, like, make a memory with you if they aren't feeling it. But I did put my extra screens away, like my phone was away, computer was away, so I could be just in the moment with Brad and our old premium cable TV, you know? (laughs) And I had a lovely night, and it was a lovely end to my second week of making all those memories. And Kristen... Now it's your turn. I want to hear about your second week of living by the art of making memories. Were you still in Minneapolis? Were the memories flowing?
1: I was still in Minneapolis. And even better, our friends Paul and Sudi from New York decided to join us in Minneapolis. They flew in. Oh,
2: my gosh.
1: They had never been to my hometown. They really wanted to see it. And I was excited to show them around and, you know, I was hopeful they would like it. So their first day in town, we met up with my friends, Jolie and Travis, and we did so much. We had drinks on a hotel rooftop and then drinks on another rooftop. (laughs) We had dinner at a fabulous Latin Caribbean restaurant. We peeked in lots of windows and, you know, just wandered the streets. But our favorite moment of the day was when we sat down on the back patio of an old dive bar called Cuzzy's. And we just were all feeling so zen at that moment. And I asked everyone what sensory memories they would take home Mm.
2: from that bar, from this time, a la step two. And step two is make it multisensory. Yes. Listen.
3: I'm going to lean into what Travis said when we first walked in. You know this bar has seen a lot of things. It smells like a bar. Yes. And there's no escaping it. And that is going to anchor my memory here. That smell of like, oh, a well-loved bar. The remains of beer from 20 years ago. It's just been aging. Noops That's just been aging. There is beer in every nook and every cranny. Nook and cranny. The, 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 the tots. I'm going to I'm going to praise the tots. They were really good. The tots they were, were good, tots. Really good. They did really also, I will remember this bar for the pistachio beer. Oh,
2: yes. and it's the
1: best. Don't listen it. to Dean. <laughs> That's yeah. true. And also, I just want to say when we first walked in and we saw all the dollar bills, thousands of them, taped to every ceiling,
0: wall,
1: surface. Hold on, Travis, what is the point of the dollar bills on the walls?
0: I have no idea. <laughs> it's a memento. people I think you take a dollar bill and you put your name on it, and you donate it to the bar, and they hang, hang it up. Yeah. Can we get on the wall? Probably. Do you if think we, we can get Probably. on
2: the wall? Probably. Oh, my gosh. Did you get on the wall? We did, Jolenta.
1: We did get on the wall. Yeah, 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 yeah. And um, my friend Jolie, she even caught it on both video and she took still photos of us signing a dollar bill. Oh, my And gosh. pasting it on the wall by the filthy toilet. So if anybody is exiting the toilets at Cuzzy's Bar in Minneapolis, and you happen to see a dollar bill that's just tall enough for someone five foot three to reach up and touch, and you see the name Kristen and Dean and everybody else there, that is our dollar bill on that wall.
2: (laughs) I am going to try and look for it if I ever go there. That is so sweet. And what a fun memory. And you used your multi-sensories to get there.
1: Yes. I will never forget that smell as I taped up that dollar bill on the wall. (laughs) Yeah.
2: Yeah. It's a tough one to get out of your nose. What did you do after that?
1: (laughs) The next day, we did more of step one. That is harness the power of firsts. Yes. And for this, Dean, Sudi, Paul, and I went to the Minnesota State Fair. It was not the first time for me. But it was a first for all of them, and it was my first time kind of being chaperoned to people seeing the fair for the first time, if that makes sense.
2: Right. You're like the docent this time. Yes.
1: And, of course, we ate all the foods, walleye on a stick, lefsa, deep-fried cheese curds, bucket of cookies, all the oh. classics. And we saw all the important sites, of course, you know, the quilts the seed yes. art, the butter sculptures, all the baby animals.
2: Uh, yes. And
1: we even fell for some of the carnival barkers who were selling <gasps> their wares. Both Sudie and I ended up buying t-shirts... And these very delicious looking soup mixes that
2: these fellows were selling. were like, those look like good soup mixes. Everyone comes back from Minnesota with like a soup or a rice mix. Like with like yes. some wild rice or a soup. <laughs> My mom's like, got some rice, got some wild rice, obviously, and like a soup packet. for. And I'm like, what the fuck? Why? Well, okay. I'm glad other people, but <laughs> I'm glad other yes, people did that too. Yes, it's not just
1: your mom. Yes, uh, I do have a wonderful wild rice soup and some other ones I got from
2: there. That is amazing. Um, And also that last part sounds like you were collecting mementos, which is part of step eight, outsource memory.
1: Exactly. So yeah, we were not just falling for carnival barkers. We were also doing steps in the book. (laughs) I love it. And then the next day we had even more adventures. We went thrift shopping. We ate ice cream. We had Hmong food, which Jolenta, as you know, is almost impossible to find in New York. I don't even know where to find Hmong food here. Oh, no idea. Yeah. We browsed shops and visited a microbrewery on the banks of the Mississippi. And by the end of the day, we were all getting tired. And I tried to navigate us back to our hotel, taking the most direct route, But Sudi suggested we go back differently. She said, let's take the scenic route instead, which happens to be part of step six.
2: Yes, capture the peaks and struggles. Did Sudi live by this book too? She definitely forced me to. (laughs) Listen. Oh, this is
1: so much better than taking the main path. Like, I love walking amongst the shops in the city and so on, but this I mean, is. This is
3: way better. Like, coming from New York, this is much more this, of a treat.
1: Yes, it is. Yeah. It's much more arduous, I will say that. It is. It
3: is, particularly in sandals. <laughs>
1: yes, and that dirt hill. Yeah. But it's just a little bit,
2: I don't know. It's such it, an escape.
1: Yeah. It's a, it's, it's a little more challenging, but also a, a lot more beautiful. Yeah.
2: That sounds like a really nice and challenging walk, but. You'll remember getting to the end of that walk more fondly because of that struggle.
1: Yes, and the journey itself. The journey itself was an experience that I will remember. Absolutely, I will.
2: So what did you do after that?
1: Uh, Well, the next day, Dean and I went to my Auntie Lane and Uncle Jack's house for a backyard barbecue. Um, They are all on my mom's side of the family. And there were people that I see during every visit, cousins, aunts, uncles, and so on. But there were also two people there I hadn't seen in close to 10 years. One of them is my mom's youngest sister, my Aunt Jeanette. And um, she's always treated me with such great kindness, but I have not seen her in forever. And the other person was my mom's best friend Jeannie, who I haven't seen since my mom's funeral more than 10 years ago.
2: Oh wow. And
1: I was so excited to see them, to catch up with them, to just, I mean, honestly, to see what do they look like now? How are they doing? Um what what is exciting in their lives? What are they living for? You know? Mm-hmm. I, I I wanted to hear everything. I wanted to know everything. And during it all, I did step three.
2: And step three is
1: invest attention. Yes. Now I kind of regret this now a little bit, I have to confess. Mm-hmm. I kind of wish I did have my phone out a little bit to take photos because I have no documentation at all of mm-hmm. that backyard barbecue, not a single photo. But, um, yeah, I, I I chose to keep my phone in my bag. I chose not to multitask. I chose to just be in the moment. So I don't know. It, it was kind of a trade-off. on the one hand, it's right. like I was so present and everybody else was so present. But on the other hand, I'm like, oh, what if some of these people aren't alive the next time I come back? So I have kind of mixed feelings about that one.
2: Yeah. Hopefully, like someone else took some pictures. Like, yeah, you want, you want, you might want some documentation of being in the moment or like afterward be like, wait, everyone, quick, gather up or something. Yeah, that's that's, that's yeah. a bit of a bummer. I'm sorry. Um, how did you end your second week? Were you able to like rally and and make a happy memory?
1: Well, I don't know. The the next day, Paul, Sudi, Dean, and I flew back to New York, or I should say we flew into Newark Airport in New Jersey, Mm, which, mm. Jolenta, as you know, I hate this airport. I have bitched to you about this airport so many times. I hate this airport.
2: It's not the best. (laughs) And there's like one toilet in the whole place,
1: and there's no sign to find that one toilet. Oh, my gosh.
2: The toilet is down the longest hallway, and it's always like the farthest (laughs) away from your gate uh, 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 that it can be, no matter where your gate is somehow. I think we've even talked about this on the show before. But
1: I think we have to <laughs> I just I just hate this airport so much. No offense to people in New Jersey. We love you. It's just the airport. Yeah. So Newark is even though it's another state, it's only really 20 miles away from where we live, Jolenta. Mhm. Right. But we were caught in so much traffic that it took over 2 hours to get home from this airport. Oof. And uh, I'm going to confess, I got downright grouchy in the car. At a certain point, I just put in my earbuds and started like listening to an audiobook. Huge apologies to Dean, Paul, and Sudi for being such a grump. I am sorry.
2: Oh, it wasn't just Dean. It was all three of them. I know. The
1: <laughs> I was really in a foul mood. I am sorry. Wow.
2: I've never seen her like that. That's that's rare form.
1: That's what that airport does to me. Anywho, yeah. that grouchiness... You would have thought that would have lifted by the time we got back to Brooklyn, by the time we settled in and unpacked, but it didn't quite lift. I just sat moping on the couch, but then mm. Dean did something to surprise me. Listen. Oh, honey. Mmm, what are you making? Some soup. I'm making some of the soup
3: that we got from the Minnesota State Fair. Because I thought it might um, it might make you feel better. Doesn't it
1: smell amazing? Oh, yeah. I'm sorry I've been so grouchy, honey. Oh, that's so sweet of you. Do you
3: want to try a taste?
1: Yes, I do. Yes. Oh, it's hot, but it's delicious. Oh. Isn't that exciting? Tastes like home.
2: That is so sweet, Dean. He always knows what to do. Gonna make soup, make a memory, remind you of home. Like that is so delightful and the soup was good. It was so good. Those
1: carnival barkers, not lying, that soup was delicious. Good. And that is how I ended my second week, just creating a new memory with Dean, remembering what we had just done on our trip and and feeling pretty happy.
2: Oh my gosh, that sounds so lovely. What a nice way to end your second week, and your time living by this book. I want to talk about our verdicts, but first we do have to take one more break. And a reminder, if you like the show, if you like what you're listening to, why don't you look down at your phone right now and give us a rating and review. Hit five little stars, write something like, fun show. I have lots of m- fond memories of this show, you know? And uh, <laughs> it'll help other listeners find the show. Wayfair's biggest sale of the year is here. It's Wayday. Right
1: now, you can score up to 80% off at Wayfair. Save on sofas and cookware, dining sets and rugs and beds, wall art, bar cards, floor lamps, sailing fans, home decor, all things outdoor, and way more. All up to 80% off right now. Plus, everything ships free, and flash deals are launching all Wayday long. Don't miss Wayfair's biggest sale of the year. Shop Wayday right now, May 6th, at Wayfair.com. Wayfair, every
2: style, every home.
1: We are back. And Jolenta, it is time to get down to business. Did the art of making memories actually work? Would we recommend it? Did we mention Mike Viking, his last name, the Minnesota Vikings? I don't know why I'm bringing that up now. It's not really my turn to say that. Let's get to you.
2: Such a coincidence. Wow. <laughs> wow. Well, I have to say, Kristen, I like how the book was laid out in true Mike Viking fashion, not unlike the little book of Hygge, Um, It's laid out in a fun, easy to approach way. There are like snackable little bits to read. You can look at like one or two pages and feel like you've learned something or like come away with something to try. There are tons of studies cited, which you wouldn't think goes with like the little bite size like cute snippet book approach, but the studies are summarized and contextualized so well and succinctly that like, they make sense. They're easy to digest. I was very impressed. And I also appreciated that this book wasn't about wallowing in nostalgia, which I kind of wondered if Mm -hmm. it would be, you know, making memories, enjoying memories, happy memories, I definitely associate that with like nostalgia wallowing or like wishing for the old days. But this book was all about basically how to move forward while remembering happy times once in a while and how to move forward in ways that feel meaningful and fulfilling and are like a joy to look back on. For me, throughout the two weeks, this book's advice basically only encouraged me to like enjoy my life more. (laughs) So the book definitely enhanced my life and like helped me be in the moment. And it helped create like more meaning, whether it's like with banal TV watching or talking to my grandma about like heavy family shit And I like that the book sort of taught me to look for opportunities to make happy memories and not just like look on the bright side or like only remember the happy things. It's like maybe if you sort of like lean this way a little bit, you can look back more fondly. And I did also learn you can't force others to make memories with you the way you might expect. They might have other things going on, other agendas. But overall, recommend this book. It enhanced my life. What about you, Kristen? Do you even remember your verdict? Do you <laughs> did you like The Art of Making Memories? What what's your verdict? Final thoughts?
1: Well, Jolenta, like you, I really enjoyed this book. Uh, just the reading process was really enjoyable. It's so mm-hmm. snappy, it's short, it has enjoyable anecdotes, it has like real studies you know a lot of things that other books don't have it has concrete action items everything's laid out in a clear and sequential way like please other self-help authors take note this yes. is what you too can do with your books um but as far as actually living by the book i thought it was fantastic it really helped me to approach my time in minneapolis in a more thoughtful way i think i made more memorable moments on this trip than i have on any trip home in a long time and I felt a real sense of connection with everyone, both my old family friends and my New York friends who joined us on the trip. But I also think this book will help me to make memories in my everyday life as well, not just when I'm traveling yeah. or on vacation. Um, like you, it, it made me think of how can I shape moments, you know, how can I take control of my life in certain ways To make moments more special. And I'm definitely going to, as per the book suggestion, come up with some milestones every year, as the book suggests. I am going to try to create an experience more first, like eating those crickets. And I'm going to try to, you know, do what uh, Sudi was saying, you know, let's take the difficult route rather than the easy and direct one. I'm going to try to do that more often because it does make life more fun. And even if it's not more memorable, in the moment, it is more fun. So, yeah, you know. Is the book perfect? Obviously, my attempt to use stories to bring back my friends' memories of seeing our idol on stage did not work. That didn't work. <laughs> not everything worked as well as I wanted it to. Such a shame. And I really regret that we have no photos of that get-together with my family. I really regret that. But despite those things, the book still made my life better, and I think it'll make a lot of people's lives better. So yeah, I am wholeheartedly recommending
2: this book. Wow. 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 The coveted double recommend. You heard it here.
1: Do you remember that one time, Jalanta, we both recommended the book?
2: Uh, Of course I do. It was today. (laughs) (laughs) And that's it for this episode of By the Book.
1: Huge, huge, huge thank you to everybody who participated in this episode. Jolenta's grandmother, Jolenta's mom, Jolenta's husband, Brad, all of my friends and family back home in Minnesota, my New York friends who joined us, Dean, and of course, our fabulous production team at Stitcher, Corinne Wallace and Marcus Hamm. Thanks also to Nate Weida who composed our theme song, and to the Rosos for performing it. And huge shout out to Nora, our former producer, who is now a managing producer at Stitcher.
2: And stay in touch. Let us know if you've made some memories, if you've read The Art of Making Memories. What memory tricks do you have for making special days stick out? Send us your thoughts, your questions, your suggestions. Our email address is Angelenta at gmail.com. And you can also find us on Twitter at ByTheBookPod, at Kristen Meinzer, and at Jolanda G., And also, don't forget to hit up our Instagram. I'll put some of Kristen's pictures up there. It's by the book pod. Until next time, I'm Jalanta Greenberg. And I'm Kristen Meinzer. Thanks so much for listening. Bye-bye.
0: Amica. Empathy is our best policy.